thing now. So anyway, uh, hello, my name is Diana Kaufman. I'm a uh, independent educational consultant for the American uh, English colleges. And I am interviewing today one of my students. His name is Diego Sarkisian. He is a, a student at Boston University. And he also has a very interesting YouTube channel called Diegonomics in Spanish. He transmits in Spanish. So here is Diego. Uh, nice to have you here, Diego. <laughs> Thank you very much, Diana. I appreciate the, the invitation. I'm very excited to get on with, uh, with the conversation. Yes, I am too. This is exciting. Anyway, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your college life, your personal life, uh, maybe even uh, give us a little um, uh, something about uh, Diagonomics, and then we can include that later, that you can explain to us better what Diagonomics is about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, initially starting off with the personal life, I was born and raised in Venezuela, in Caracas, Venezuela. I lived there for 13 years and then moved to Spain. Uh, thankfully, I was able to move to Spain and finish my high school years here. Um, then on to my educational kind of path, I was always within the British educational system. So when I came to Spain, one of my ideas was to move on in my further education in, in the UK. So to travel to the UK to, to complete my college career. Uh, however, that went changing uh, as time went on. And, and I thankfully received a lot of support from you and a lot of guidance and a lot of expert feedback. And throughout that process, which was very stressful, very intense, as all the people that are going through that process right now are aware of. And thankfully, I was, I was able to have that guidance and, and actually set my mind straight and my objectives in terms of where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, and, and the future that I wanted to, to lead. So right now, I'm a rising sophomore in Boston University. I'm studying business administration right now. Uh, hopefully going on to a concentration in finance and entrepreneurship and global business. And I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very glad that I, I chose to go to the United States. I really like the system there, the flexibility it offers and, and the opportunity to grow after that. So I'm very grateful again for, for all of your help throughout that process, Diana. I think you, you, you give fantastic guidance to a lot of students my age and, and you've really helped us through probably one of the most intense processes in, in our lives until now, for sure. It, it is. Well, I had a wonderful time, I must say, you know, uh, working with you and going through, you know, all the ups and downs that we all go through with, with this, you know, the applications and, and I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it was great to have you as a student and I'm thrilled that you are at Boston University, that you're, you know, starting your, your sophomore year and uh, going on with business administration and then you had your already your you know your past set out to finance and uh, global business and what was the third one that you mentioned that you want you want to do three things you said finance yes and, uh finance entrepreneurship and global business i'm thinking of concentrating in in a few of those areas i'm, mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited i still haven't made the decision in boston university you you make that decision in your final year where you where in your you final year you don't you don't do it, uh, choose it entering your junior year you for at least for the business administration mm -hmm. major you you choose that 
and very early on if you want to, uh, but mm -hmm. that's a very kind of overarching business education that encompasses a lot of, a lot of different areas in accounting, marketing, innovation, strategy, operations. And then in your final year, you choose more specific specialized courses and that is your concentration. That's so you receive your major business administration and then your concentration that can be finance, entrepreneurship, global business, real estate. There's a, there's many options. And again, that flexibility in the, the American system is something that is mostly unparalleled. I think. Around I the world. think it's totally unparalleled. I don't think any other country in the world gives you the, the opportunities that, that the United States, uh, you know, higher education system gives you. It's, it's really quite amazing and, and wonderful to work with, I have to say. And so uh, do you, are you planning to maybe uh, go on to a master's in something or you haven't looked that far ahead yet? Well, right now I haven't looked that far ahead. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My idea is that perhaps it's, it's an open proposition, but I'd rather, I'd rather start, start working and, and really, you know, engage in the, in my professional career as, as soon as possible. But if there's an interesting master's opportunity and maybe my employer in the future can, can point me towards something and recommend an, an interesting master's opportunity that they believe and I believe will, will further my career. Well, absolutely. That that's definitely an option. Yes. And anyway, if you are going to do an MBA, they, they do ask you to have at least two years of business experience. And yes. then go into it. So, you know, that is an advantage to have worked. You're very right there. Um, and then um, I'd, maybe you can tell me a little bit, tell us, you know, a little bit of what your first year at college was like and, and you know, what you most liked and uh, about it. Hmm. Yeah, the first year was, was very interesting. I actually um, went into college after a gap year. Uh, that I took uh, trying to reorganize my, my mind around my objectives, my, my values, and really what I wanted to go on to become in the future, not only professionally or academically, but as a person as well. So I felt, I felt prepared. I felt prepared to go into university. I don't know how many people my age can say the same. It's, it's a very shocking uh, you know, change of, of experience, particularly as an international student going into an entirely new country, entirely new culture, and and starting from zero essentially it's it's very it's a shock um but i felt more prepared uh than than i believed i would be and and the year went on went on very well i actually started university thinking that i wanted to study economics i i did one semester of economics and and after that I decided that it was too theoretical and I wanted something different, more practical. So I also consulted you in terms of, in terms of making that decision and, and maybe looking towards business administration and a, and a major in business. And, and yeah, the second semester then I, I was more focused on, on trying to move on to the business school within Boston university and also looking at, at maybe other options in terms of transfer schools, which, which I received a lot of guidance from you as well. And, and we were looking at and, and other business schools and, and potentially a move towards those that offered, a, you know, different, um, different opportunities within them to, to further my, my academic career. And so it's been a, it's been a pretty intense year. I, I really try to focus on, on my grades and on what, 
on taking advantage of all the extracurricular opportunities that that these universities give you because there are so so many options uh, even the smallest colleges with boston university is a is a huge school and it offers so many opportunities and that's the reason why you're there you know you're you're there to to make the most of that experience and and you're there to work hard and that's that's what i've done there's there's a lot of people that maybe the first year of university they they feel a little more comfortable. They decelerate. Maybe they they go more, go out more to parties or, or take more more leisure time. But I think it's important to start on a strong, on a strong foot, and and go on from there. I think. Uh, and what do you call a, a strong foot? Because I mean, actually, you you one of the things that I was going to ask you, and you sort of already went into it, was you know what do you recommend to an incoming freshman class? And so yeah. you mentioned start with a strong foot. What does mm-hmm. that mean? What what is you know how, how would you what would you recommend to the incoming freshman class this September? Yeah, um, well, as a freshman, I believe a lot of people are going into university not knowing exactly what they want to study. Particularly in the United States, you go in, you're trying to try out all of these classes, all of these opportunities, and and just really emphasize that that you should be at least utilizing most of your time in, in trying to find new classes or new extracurricular opportunities to get a, get a breadth of, of experience from the university and, and kind of zero in on what your interests are, what your values are, what your objectives are, and, and really try and keep focusing that throughout your, your years in, in university. I think having an, uh, a set routine is incredibly important uh, I, oh, that's I an important point. The set routine. Absolutely, I I believe mm-hmm. it works for everybody. We're creatures of habit, and and you know creating. And what? And what, positive what habits would you? Yeah. Sorry to to interrupt, but like, what would you say is is a set routine? What would you recommend uh, as a set routine for the the incoming uh, freshmen, probably even for the sophomores and juniors and seniors, because. You know, we all need a routine, but what's what's an important one, as far as as uh, your first year is concerned? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely, your classes are already going to be blocked out throughout the day. So those are times that, that are blocked out, and you know, you need to go to class, you need to pay attention, you need to write your notes, you need to do what you need to do in class. But aside from that, trying to at least go to sleep at a certain time, trying to wake up at a certain time every day, try and have that as fixed as you can. Maybe the weekends you can have a little more flexibility, but try and have that as fixed as you can. It really helps the mind be be rested, be prepared for the day, and 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 ready to take on all of the challenges and all of the opportunities that, that the university gives you. Because otherwise, it's it's very exhausting. There's there's a lot of things that are on offer, and and if you're a curious person and you really wanna wanna try and get out most of the university, it's it's pretty exhausting. There's a lot of things that you need to do. So really kind of have that that blocked out routine make sure that you have good sleep that's crucial make sure that you do some at least some sport every day and an active activity doesn't matter what you do there there are gyms in all of these universities uh whatever you you like to do as a sport and and really try and focus on your your academics first if you if you have a good time management every day, you know you after classes, I'll I'll do one hour, an hour and a half of studying. I'll do the assignments as early as I can, and then if you if you continue that, you know a few weeks, a few months, it'll really be ingrained, and your time management skills will improve drastically. And 
you will have more free time and free time that you're actually enjoying because you have already completed all of your assignments, all of your, all your responsibilities have been, have been completed. So, so, so you're much more so, Yeah. So that's important because you're saying uh, to have a routine to uh, really well established to sleep, which is so important so that you can learn from what I understand that you're saying. And then um, your time management, which is really, you know, such an important skill to learn because as you say, if you, if you do have, you know, your time management down, then you will have time to do other things that you like. And it's Absolutely. kind of, you know, your all the pressure and all the stress also, you know, becomes much less. That, that's a very good point, the time management one. And, um, and then uh, I also wanted to ask you, you know, uh, who uh, was or is your best teacher? Maybe you had a very good teacher in the, uh, when you were in the English school in, uh, in Madrid or, uh, and maybe you have also a professor that you liked very much during this first year, which of course, unfortunately, in a sense has been cut short, you know, because of the, of the uh, pandemic. So, you know, that's also been a big change that you might want to mention something about that. Yeah. Um, so I'll start from the beginning. I've mm -hmm. definitely had a lot of teachers that have profoundly impacted my life. Um, mm -hmm. I would believe most of them were actually, when I was living in, in Venezuela, their, their lessons, their values, and their impact was, was very profound and very long lasting. Um, so I particularly remember a, a history professor that I had, uh, back when I was I don't know, 10 years old, maybe nine years old. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's this, amazing. He was, he was fantastic. He was the head of, of secondary school as well. And, and I remember I was, I always used to be a pretty well-behaved student. It was a very small school. There wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, drama or, or scandals around. So everybody was pretty much well-behaved and I'd never been in a, never gotten a detention for for anything so i remember i had an assignment for for french class and i had not done it i i made up a certain excuse and then it was a bad excuse a stupid excuse and then so i got detention that that break time and i was you know forced to be inside for i don't know 15 minutes uh, maybe two days three days for missing that assignment and i was speaking to this professor and, and he came to me, he sat down, we were talking and he said, what happened? And, and I said, no, well, I, I, I forgot that the pen drive, there was a tech, a tech problem, you know, an issue, you know, typical things you say as a kid. And, and I remember he cut me off and he said, no, no, look, stop. We, we both know that's a lie. We both know that's a stupid excuse. And, and he said, if you make a mistake, just, just take the hit. Just okay. assume that responsibility and, and embrace it fully and don't make the same mistake twice. And it was a very simple word. It was a very simple phrase, you know, take the hit, assume your responsibility, move forward, don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, it's very intuitive, but uh, those words really resonated with me and, and really allowed me to mature. I don't know if I was 10 years old, I was pretty early on and, and really allowed me to kind of refocus my kind of my objectives and, and how I wanted to go through my academic career and professional career and life in general. So that was definitely something impactful. Uh, here in Madrid, I haven't had as many um, impactful teachers and, and in college it has been a little complicated again because of the, the current pandemic. 
and and in such a big university such as Boston um such as BU it's it's a little complicated to to create those relationships with professors you really have to go the extra mile to to really connect with them and create relationships with I have which I have been trying to do and there's definitely a few that have particularly last semester that have really been very you know had a very positive impact in my in my education in my first year and and I do you know suggest that as well for for people just starting college right now they should really try and make those connections with their professors make those connections and build those relationships with their peers and I think that's one of the biggest advantages you get from university um, those that that relationship building those networks those people that that can that you can help and that they can help you then or in the future and and trying to really foster foster that sense of community which is which is so important particularly in times like these so it's the the networking both with professors and your peers that you find is important to to do from the very beginning as soon as you you literally step on campus is what yes, you're saying yeah. i think it's necessary okay. i think it's one of the great advantages of, of the american culture as well and and the mm -hmm. american university infrastructure it's very relationship uh focused very very built towards that towards making those connections making those networks and really really growing with with the community and i think you know every every person it's not like it's there and it's just it it, it just always exists you need to put your put in your part and everybody needs to put in their part and and definitely there's millions of opportunities to get to know people get to know your peers or professors and i think in my opinion, probably the most important aspect of university. Okay, that's even more than studying. No, first comes studying and then the whole networking issue. Is, is I mean, that what studying, you're saying? Studying comes with the package, I think. Right, but, right. But I do think that the greatest advantage you can get from the university is that network, that those okay. relationships that you build. Because the, the academics, I think they're, they're mostly the same across universities. They're, you know, you're probably going to go on to a professional career where they're going to say, okay, you're going to have six months training. We need to teach you what you need to know now, you know, the more practical things. I think in university, you need to really, really try and get a, a wide breadth of, of academic experiences in terms of your courses. But I think the focus should, should really be in, in trying to harness those, those relationships. That's a very good point that you're making and, and an interesting one that I hadn't even thought about, you know, the, that in, how important it is. Very interesting. Um, uh, another question is, um, do you have a favorite subject or subjects that, that you, you know, that you really enjoy, uh, whether before when you were in high school or now that you're in college? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I initially when I, when I was studying in school in primary and secondary, and as I went went on to high school, I, I was never very passionate about anything. Uh, until I actually started studying economics. I remember my first economics class that I just, it just, it just blew me away. The ability that, that this, this subject had to understand people, understand behavior, understand the world. And I had that, that was one, another great professor I had here in, in Madrid. He was my, my first economics professor and I essentially had him for four years in high school. And he really instilled this, this ambitious drive within me to, to keep pursuing uh, that field and really be competitive and 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 have have the drive to to take that further and be the best I could. 
Uh, and I was always very competitive in, inside the classroom, outside the classroom and, and trying to be the best I could in class and for the future and you know, trying to get the best grades, the best essays, the best, um, the best presentations, the best delivery skills. I was always very passionate about economics. And, and that was essentially what I tried to, to, to pursue in my first um, you know, semester in university. I realized that most of the university most of the, at least the economics that I'm, I'm passionate about, I learned through books, through reading, through independent research and the, what they were teaching in, in Boston university was, was very different to what my passion was. And, and I decided my passion was a lot more aligned with, with the business education, uh, within Boston university. And at least in the past six months, that has been my experience. I'm, I'm a lot more, uh, content and passionate about pursuing the the business degree in the United States is much more practical. It's much more pragmatic. You can see that these are skills that you build and you can actually apply in your, in your life and, and really improve. Um, but that's definitely been my, my favorite subject. There's, there's well, no that, Okay. So economics still is. And, and of course, uh, uh, that brings us to, um, the economics because you created this youtube channel called the economics you first started it in english mm -hmm. and now you're pursuing it in spanish so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that which of course encompasses economics and business administration and you know whatever is going on politically so you know it's quite fascinating so if you want to tell us a little bit about that because i'm very excited about the economics yes yes of course um well, it was a project that I started uh, a few years ago. Actually, I began writing a blog, uh, mainly an economics blog, because I was very interested in sharing my ideas. I, I thought that a lot of the economics that you learn in high school or in, or in college in general is very, is very narrow. It doesn't really expand because uh, there's a lot of schools of thought and a lot of philosophies that go behind the field of economics. And, and many of them, you don't get to hear them very often. And and you don't, not many politicians or, or governments actually pursue those policies, generally speaking. And, and being raised in, in Venezuela, I, I knew firsthand the dangers of, of authoritarian governments and, and really cracked down on, on economic control and trying to control the people through, through taking control of you know, the political sphere, the economic sphere, the social sphere, and trying to take control in that way. And I was very worried and I saw certain certain patterns that I, that, I, that I was familiar with, that I, I saw that they were repeating themselves here in Spain, in the United States, in Latin America. And, and that was one of the reasons why I actually changed from initially doing it in English to Spanish. So I, I began a YouTube channel pretty recently. I, I don't have many videos there now, maybe seven or eight videos. But we're, I, I'm receiving pretty positive feedback for most people, a lot of people are are really interested in, in those matters, not only economic or political, but also kind of cultural and how that fits into the the rest of the, you know, the ideas that we, we discuss in, in Diagonomics and in, in the YouTube channel. And and I, I thank you for, for the opportunity to, to share this. And if anybody's interested in, in you know, in freedom and in, and in defending freedom and, and human rights around the world, uh, and, and if you speak Spanish, of course, um, you can you can subscribe to the channel. I also, we also have an Instagram, Diegonomics101. Uh, that's on Instagram. YouTube is just Diegonomics. There's 
great great videos that are coming coming along in the pipeline and and i think it's it's important if you, if you really care about a certain subject or a field or, or values or whatever it is that you really stand up for them particularly in university there's, there's a lot of people that are going to think differently that are going to have different opinions but i think that's that's the idea that's the central pillar of a university that, that diversity absolutely. thought that, uh, absolutely is to be able to to share with different people and different beliefs and be able to discuss them without you know going into uh, you know fighting or or you know uh, being unkind to each other it's just that so many people think so differently and and that's what i find is so fascinating um about economics and uh, if if you'd like to tell people why you changed from english to spanish because i thought that was hmm. an important point you know yeah. and and maybe eventually you'll do also some of them in English because, you know, there are people all over the world that, of course, mm -hmm. speak English and people all over the world that speak Spanish. So, but you, you made that change. And, and why was that? Yes. Well, in, initially I started in English because I felt perhaps more comfortable in discussing these ideas in English. I felt it was more natural because I I'd studied these ideas in English during my entire life, not only in school, but on my own personal time as well. But I saw that the, the danger and those, those patterns, those authoritarian patterns within the Latin American community were particularly strong and they've been strong for many decades now. And I believe that the only way to change that is through a cultural shift and, and the shift in the ideas that people have and the way they discuss these ideas and the exposure to these ideas of freedom and of human rights. So... Personally, I have a connection to Latin America. I was born and raised there. My culture comes from there. All my, all my customs are, are Latin American. And, and that was the driving force behind that change of trying to discuss these ideas in Spanish and try to expand that market because I do believe that's the, that's the way to change the world, you know, taking the responsibility on yourself and, and trying to just, you know, everybody's going to start small, but then then you keep moving if it's worth it you're gonna you're gonna keep working and keep working hard at it and yeah and for sure and, and the fact that you're saying you know you are giving these ideas and, and discussing them in spanish you know uh probably in latin america and central america were very limited in in, in that type of information so that is an important point and i, and I think that's that i commend you for doing that you know because uh and i'm sure that more people will listen to you as time goes on, you know, because you'll, you'll bring in all sorts of different things and maybe have guests on your podcasts, you know, and, and which will be nice too, to listen to different opinions. Yes, um, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, how do you see, going back to the, the whole education, which we've been talking about, but how do you see education evolving in the future in view of all of these changes? Hmm. Well, definitely, this this pandemic has kind of thrown everything upside down. It's it's been a big shift, I think, in in how people view not only education but also their careers and their their professional um, pursuits. Uh, so I think the this push for for online education is is stronger than ever. I think that it's it's very important. There's you know, there, there's a lot of factors that go into it, not only this, this kind of shift and this protection for the future and kind of future proofing our educational system so that we are prepared in the event that 
another pandemic or another natural catastrophe happens, but also because there's the universities are they're 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 very expensive to to attend and and you know as as the as the years go by there's more online opportunities there's more online courses uh the availability of that expands online universities that are uh you know lower in intuition costs and they don't have to pay certain certain costs such as real estate and all of that and they can they can you know pass on those savings towards their students that is definitely something that's revolutionizing the education in general. And so you see, so you see the online education as a, a definite uh, possibility, and and in spite of the fact that, uh, you know, uh, as we were saying before we started recording, that of course the the on campus experience is very important, and yet yes. if you if you have the the chance of getting an online education, uh, you know, versus in but particularly because of the cost involved, then is it really worth it to go through with the online education is, is yeah. my question. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe every individual is going to weigh those things differently. Mm -hmm. um, my university right now is, is offering a sort of hybrid model where, where you can go to in-class, uh, in-person classes, and you can also do online. So maybe that's, that's part of the future, that, that hybrid where, where it offers the flexibility to, to maybe have some campus experience, but not the entire campus experience. So you could perhaps also receive some cost savings and tuition cost savings from that. I don't know how the how the market is going to react to to all of this in the in the middle to to long run, but it's definitely interesting. And I think most um, mo most of the people today are are kind of viewing technology as being very disruptive, particularly in education. A lot of people receive you know, education from YouTube, from uh, online course platforms, and and really trying to, I, I guess, create a, a, a legitimacy within those online courses and, and legitimacy within that type of education, because it seems like the, you know, the traditional brick and mortar universities have, have a sort of monopoly over, over higher education right now, because, you know, they have the degree and that's what's recognized right now. I don't know if technology is going to change that in, in a certain way. And maybe the videos that you see on YouTube or the courses that you do online, they can all stack up and, and rack up within your, a certain platform that you have. And then, and then you get, you know, rewards or, or a recognition or even a degree. For, for that online education or, or yeah, a degree. And even itself. a degree. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they will, they will come up, at least this is my vision of it is, is that they'll come up with some kind of, of uh, form of, of being able to say, okay, you got this, this is what you received, here's the test, here's everything. Yes, you know, you really are prepared to be an economics uh, teacher or professor or work in the field or, uh, you know, be an entrepreneur or whatever. I mean, of course, medicine and, and uh, cannot be done, I don't think, online, but I right, think many of the others, <laughs> many of the others definitely will. So yeah. I, I think that brings us a little bit to a close. I don't know if you'd like to add something or maybe I forgot to ask you something and you'd like to add something. Um, um, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I would just like to thank you again for, for the invitation and, and really for, for all of your help and guidance and support throughout these, you know, these applications, uh, this, this university mm -hmm. selection process that has been absolutely invaluable to my experience and has really allowed me to 
to navigate this process effectively because it's very hard on your own. Uh, most parents don't know what to do in these situations and, and having someone like you who's an expert in the field, who has the knowledge, the, the connections, the, the, the general expertise and the kindness to do, to do all of this uh, in such a great way and, and always with a smile. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely invaluable and I, and I want to, you know, thank you for it. And I don't well, know. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled <laughs> with everything that you're saying. And, and I have to say that I've, I've enjoyed, you know, from day one, our relationship and that it's also turned into a friendship and, you know, uh, being friends with the family, it's just been a joy, an absolute thrill the whole time. So thank you for everything you've said, and I've enjoyed it tremendously. So we'll see you soon again, I hope, you know, of maybe course, on Devonomics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Okay>. yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, stop.